911, what is the address of your emergency? I just want to talk to you. Okay, I'm hanging up. Just stop for a drive, sweetie, okay? Is there someone with you? Uh-huh. Is the person you with know you called us? No. Who do they think you called? Your child? Yes, sweetie. Does the person you're with have a weapon? Yes. I need the color of the car, okay? When I say the right one, say it's fine. Red? White? That's fine. Is it a car? No, man. Oh, no, just yes or no. Just yes or no answers, Emma. I'm sorry, I have to hang up. Give me the phone right now. I'm gonna die. Hello and welcome to Our Slice on Film, a movie podcast talking about movies, new and old, some movie industry news as it happens, and some fun pizza-related conversation thrown into the mix. I'm one of your hosts, Brian, and I'm joined by... Michael. Hi, everyone. How's it going, man? Long time no pod. Yeah, what is up with us? We have... We've been dropping the ball well, dough a little bit. I had I had my my wedding reception. I went on a honeymoon. Oh yeah, that thing. So back to back weeks of just not potting. Yeah, you're looking real tan. Thank you. That's what Mexico does to you, man. It was nice just being out in the sun, laying out, being in the pool, all inclusive resort, just drinking Miami vices and Coco Locos all day. It was a good time. (laughs) Well, back here in Memphis, we were. uh, It was raining mostly, and as you can tell by my white complexion, I've been in inside a lot so i'm very jealous of you but i hope you had fun that was a year you're waiting i had fun at the reception that was a lot of fun yeah i'm glad glad you were there and i'm glad to hear you had fun i, I, I know we definitely had fun and it seemed like people were having a good time so yeah really enjoyed it it was exactly what we wanted both the reception as well as the honeymoon itself that was our originally planned honeymoon so um finally cool to have those things come to fruition and Looking for, now, we're excited to put those in our rear view a little bit and move on essentially with our relationship. Oh, finally, you're ready to yes. take it to the next level. Ready to take it to the next level. <laughs> I'm ready to sit to drop the L word. So we'll see. Whoa. <laughs> we'll see if we get there sometime soon. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. Good to hear. <laughs> um, but yeah. Weird so, out. <laughs> I know. So, Michael, we're we're jumping into a pretty exciting time when it comes to movies. I really feel like these next several weeks, if not months, there's something big, at least one thing coming out per weekend. So I'm yeah, this is this is exciting. Have you taken a look at what the next couple of weeks have to have to come? Dude, um, I I haven't been like <laughs> I haven't been looking because I'm so anxious about it. It's like, what am I going to see? What am I going to see? This yeah. past weekend, Many Saints of Newark got released, HBO yeah. Max, and in the theaters. I promised my brother-in-law Wyatt I'd go with him, and then he slept through the showtime, so I didn't get to see that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I went to the. I did end up at the movie theaters actually watching Venom: Let There Be Carnage. You ended uh, up seeing it. I did end up seeing it. Yes, I did. That's all oh. you need to. <laughs> Okay. It doesn't sound like you were too sold on it, but okay. No, not at all. It's Venom. I mean, like... Okay, but it was... Uh, yeah. I feel like you're going to love it or you're going to hate it. You know, I feel like it really just appeases the diehard Venom, Venom heads out there. Well, and I was ready to enjoy it, but man, I don't know. Just the the way it played out wasn't really... Uh. Yeah. But it made well, a lot of money. It just it knocked made... out Black Widow and Shang-Chi from the top uh, well, two spots. Do people effing love Venom? They love Venom. And then there are also, so you got the Venom heads and then you got the Tom Hardy heads and they come together for this one experience. And then you got the Wood Harrelson fans. Yeah. So it's just like, it's the perfect yeah, combination it's, it's of things. also an hour and a half long, which means it gets to play more time in theaters. Yeah. 
um, yeah. because Many Saints of Newark, which was released out, um, is like two hours. And then the other yeah. option was Adam's Family. Yeah. So I don't know if you got if you caught that one, Brian. I did not catch that one. And you already mentioned Last Hands of New York. Newark? Newark. N- Newark. And in New Jersey. Yeah. Uh, it's that's above me. I don't know. I don't understand. <laughs> Actually, it's kind of New Jersey, it's below me. So and um, but uh ooh. No, ooh. Oh, no, but uh, Last Hands of Newark. <laughs> Last Hands of Newark and Venom. Um The Many Saints of Newark whatever Either way, it's it's supposed to be a soprano spin-off you didn't and like, care how is there it. nothing how is there nothing like is it I, how am i supposed to know it's a soprano spin-off if so if, all the marketing says who, what made tony soprano like every trailer says that in big i think letters. That, and i think that's a better movie title than, than, the, <laughs> than the last <laughs> the, the last saints of many well, saints. Why, wyatt watched it and said it was not what anybody was expecting anyway so like apparently the little gandalfini was only in it maybe 30 minutes oh really yeah interesting that's just okay. what I heard. It's on my list. I've got several others, but like you said, the next week, what's on the list for next week coming to theaters? So next week, yeah, the big one is No Time to Die. I mean, mm. are you? Have you seen the the Daniel Craig movies? All of them? I've seen enough of them. Um, I know my father in law. Shout oh, no. out to Barry Sachs. No, <laughs> not not all of them. Uh, I that's one of those like super long running like movies. I don't know. I'm not really tied up into the franchise. I'm excited to see how we send off Daniel Craig. I love an ending. Um, I love a sentimental stuff. And I've seen the backstage videos. But I actually have early access tickets on Wednesday night. You rat bastard. Do you really? Yeah, I have an extra one. Do you want to come? Whoa, I might take you up on that. I I don't know. I need to talk to Kimberly about it because oh, I don't I've have been, one for her. I know it's that's the thing. <laughs> I've been catching her up to speed on the Craig movies. We so we still need to watch Spectre. She hasn't okay. seen that one yet, but she's seen the other three. So I feel like she might be invested. So okay, you know, might have I'll to go with the uh, plebeians. <laughs> Gosh darn it! Well, anywho, so yeah, that comes out next weekend, and and then the weekend after. And so I'm looking at IMDb, and this so this does this not include any like Netflix or Hulu or HBO Max releases. Yeah. But the weekend after that is which we're not going to do this movie. You can do it without me, but it's Halloween Kills, <laughs> and then also the Last Duel, Ridley Scott's new movie with Ugh. Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Adam Driver. You're not going to watch Halloween Kills with me. No, of course not. I haven't seen any of the Hollywood movies. Uh, and then after that, October 22nd, it's Dune and the French Dispatch. So. I know. Pretty bonkers weekend. Jolene, right there. if we if we cover the French dispatch on the podcast, Jolene's ready. So okay. even if we have to do a double double episode that week, because we might gonna be to killer. Do. Might have to be a double feature potentially. Yeah. Um then the weekend after that, October 29th, is last night in Soho, Edgar Wright's yeah. latest movie. And then the weekend after that, I think it's November 5th, and that means Eternals returning to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I can see the excitement on your face. <laughs> and then and then november 12th it turns into belfast it's a new it's an oscar contender movie it. um it's directed by um kenneth brana and then but then after the weekend after that november 19th it's ghostbusters afterlife and king richard will smith's latest movie where he's trying to huh? get an oscar yeah it's about serena and venus williams father richard williams <laughs> and it's supposed to be just like awesome it's supposed to be okay. really good will smith going for osher gold and then and then november 24th it's the house of gucci what is that see now you're just naming i guess my fourth dude i don't know what is the house you, of gucci it's another ridley scott movie so he's coming out with two movies no, in two busy. months it's the house of gucci about and this is about the uh 
about you know the, the I think it's the, about the murder of who is it of Mr. Someone, Gucci someone Gucci but it's starring Lady Gaga Adam Driver huh. Al Pacino Jared Leto that Jeremy, sure, that movie Jeremy can't Irons work. what's that it, it can't work we'll see what happens and then November 26 so two days later is Paul Thomas Anderson's latest movie Licorice Pizza did you see the trailer I, for that movie yes I did that one I did see okay okay Paul Thomas okay. Anderson back in action. And then the week after that, we're in December now, is Steven Spielberg's West Side Story. Oof. And then, Michael, December 17th, it's Guillermo del Toro's latest, Nightmare Alley. Yeah. And then also Spider-Man No Way Home. Wild stuff. And then if we're really getting into it, December 22nd turns into the new Matrix movie. There's just so much. Then, we went from having absolutely nothing to choose from to everything. Yeah, I just I basically just outlined the rest of the year, which is exciting yeah. and kind of insane that I just got to Christmas Day basically just by in the last five minutes. But back to the present. You mentioned Venom. You mentioned whatever Saints of Newark. There is a lot of them. Yeah, we haven't we didn't we didn't together see those movies. We saw a different movie released on Netflix. Michael, <laughs> what did what did we see? I just I just think it's so funny that we just went through all these big big theaters theatrical releases and even this weekend we still decided to watch the guilty starring jake gyllenhaal don't Very, diminish the guilty hold don't. up i'm <laughs> diminishing it from the gate from the get-go uh -oh. um this is uh the guilty on netflix very very small um hour and a half movie starring only jake gyllenhaal as a 911 operator um and then he's on the phone for an hour and a half uh brian that, i think that's the end of my review that's basically a little bit more in detail. Yes, you're right. It stars Jake Gyllenhaal. He, he is a, a, a demoted. Drop a beat because I'm kill them all. No, he's a, they, he is a disgraced, demoted police officer working police dispatch uh, on what appears to be one of his final nights on the job through his demotion. And, and he receives a troubling phone call. Um, about a woman being abducted and the movie yes centers around the next 90 minutes of him trying to figure it out while also answering some pretty other side calls trying to do the job so yes it really this is a vehicle for, for jake gyllenhaal but there's some pretty prominent voices michael i don't know if you saw the cast for this movie but you got riley keogh peter sarsgaard ethan hawk um and there's one a bill burr and paul dano we're all voices on this movie. So I, so, so. I looked, it's kind of cool. It's kind of exciting. I looked that up prior to. So throughout the movie, I was like trying to listen to like, Ooh, what are these people different come into? I definitely never caught um, a couple of voices. Like I didn't catch who Ethan Hawke was. I know after looking for the character's name, I know who he played now, but I didn't hear his voice at the time, but you can right. definitely hear Paul Dano and, and Bill Burr for sure in this yeah. movie which is kind of cool, but this is Antoine Fuqua's latest. Um, he's most known for fame doing um, training day, but he also has done Mag the magnificent seven Southpaw also um, featuring Jake Gyllenhaal and many others. And then the equalizer. And it's also written by Nick Pizzolatto. I think that's how you pronounce his name, but he's most known for being, I think the writer and I think showhead showrunner for true detective. So um, he's had some success writing and he wrote this screenplay. And like Michael said, it's a quick 90 minutes Netflix thriller. And it was shot in 11 days during quarantine in uh, this past October. And I thought it was kind of interesting in an interview. Jake Gyllenhaal said that Antoine Fuqua 
tested, uh, came in close contact with someone who tested uh, with, with someone who tested positive. So he never directed the movie on set. They tricked, they tricked out a van and he was across the street in a tricked out van looking for directing from monitors. And then in between takes Jake Joan Hall would run outside, uh, climb a ladder to look over the fence of the set lot. And then Antoine Fuqua would be on the other side of the fence, you know, wearing a mask and they would be like, they would share notes, um, that way essentially. So I thought that was kind of cool and interesting. Yeah. I mean, as far as like how it was produced, like, yeah, that sounds like a lot of work. Luckily it was only 11 days of that. So, I mean, that's, that's talent. I guess if, if, you know, this movie is an hour and a half of close-ups of Jake Gyllenhaal's face. Now, not, a, not a bad face to be close up. No. On. Okay, Brian, he's pretty. Yeah. And he's a good actor. I will definitely say that. That's all of it was, Brian. Like, What I did you really, think you were getting yourself into? I, I don't know. Maybe more action inside the 911 center. Like maybe a cut to the actual like crime scene, except just like blurry taillights when it cut in there. Yeah. I, I just, I really didn't care about this tense situation like from the get-go. And I was also very frustrated, like, and I know it's part of the plot, like, and everyone's not happy with Jake Gyllenhaal for whatever he did. Spoiler alert. But it's just a frustrating, I don't know. I just don't know. Well, Ryan, you- it, was a wa- it was a waste of my time. So, Ooh. I'm, I know, I'm not, I don't think I'm too far away from you. I'm not nearly as disgruntled as you are, but you definitely hit on some things. You're still sticking in non-spoilers. It's revealed really early on that we mentioned he's demoted. He's disgraced. It is referenced that he did something that resulted in him being on police dispatch work. So in, in addition to trying to solve this abducted woman's case, woman case, excuse me, you're also slowly being revealed that what Jake Gyllenhaal's character did to get him in this situation to this occupation. And so he's not only coping with trying to solve this, this, this mystery, this murder, this, uh, this kidnapping, but he's also coping with his past, which try to add a little, a, a different emotional layer to it. Michael, I'm with you. I had, Unlike you, I saw this trailer several times. Every teaser that came out, I was hooked onto it. Jake Gyllenhaal is one of my favorite actors, and this just seemed like a really c- cool premise. I'm all about like single location kind of thing, yeah. like even everything from like Colin Farrell and Phone Booth to like Tom Hardy and Locke, like just being having something centered around a phone or just one location. I can dig, especially when like the person carrying the movies as good as like someone like a Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, I don't know. I feel like one, it tried to do a little bit too much. And then also too, you mentioned like his good acting and there's no doubt he's a good actor, but there were definitely times where I felt like he was really hamming it up. Like he was really, really going for it. And I think I would have liked or appreciated something a little more subtle at times. Yeah. Yeah. I I just don't think the emotional weight was there enough. And he kind of, I don't know. He just brought, it was so heavy. He was so heavy with himself and so heavy from the beginning but it took so long for the audience to care about that heaviness. I feel like, yeah. like at, at the beginning, I'm just like, all right, it's just some tired 911 operator. And then you start getting these clues of like, no, actually he's being punished. He's been demoted. What did you say? Um, ashamed. Disgraced. Disgraced. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, and letting that come is like nice, but it's a hard script because how much emotion can you get out of just saying other people's names nonstop? Like it was just Harry, Harry. Abby? Henry, it's Henry, Henry, 
Emily? Rick? This is Joe. I'm Joe. It's oh my Joe. god. No, I, like, get out of here. That's that's all it was the entire movie for me, dude. It was just like, all right. Uh, uh. I, didn't, I didn't think that at all. Um, in that regard. Again, I thought I thought the premise was there. I thought I guess all I wanted it to be was I wanted it to be a simpler movie, honestly. I think I mentioned all the voice actors in this movie. I don't think you needed half those voices. I think they were trying to be a little bit too flashy with that. And some of those phone calls were just, I think, a little bit just like, hey, we need to add some comedic element into it. Or we yeah. want to, oh, Bill Burr's available. Let's have him and do a quick two-minute phone call. And that gives that, James, that gives Jake Gyllenhaal an excuse to like yell, fuck you, you know? Yeah. Um, but then... But then as you reveal more and more, it becomes a movie that tries to be really thematically significant. I don't know what your impressions were walking away, but this definitely seems like, um, which I'm not against. And I, this, I think this can be problematic with some viewers, but like kind of anti-police or like, or, or defunding the police. Cause I left this movie under the impression that someone like Jake Gyllenhaal should not be a police officer and should yeah. not be a, a police dispatch worker. And it, it seems to call for the need for funding for more social workers and mental health counselors and people who are actually trained to intervene in different situations. Cause Jake Gyllenhaal knows, does not know at all how to de-escalate a situation um, based off his performance in this movie. No, he, he never should have been behind the desk. No, he, like, no. I mean, if, if he did, which he did, he admitted he pleaded guilty to it. So, but, so go ahead. Do you want to get into spoilers then a little bit? Yeah, and I'm still a little murky on these details, but um, if you haven't watched The Guilty, the guilty. <laughs> with Jake Gyllenhaal, um, watch it on the biggest screen possible. It'll make his beautiful eyes larger, and you'll um, be able to watch it. But uh, he dot, 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 killed a teenager, which mm-hmm. out of anger, right? Just out of rage, it sounds like like it was his. I, his I think emotions. he said. Be- I think he said because he could, or he want, or he or he wanted to, or he wanted to punish him, right? Is, or he said something along those lines that was pretty troubling. Yeah, and then he gets on phone calls where it's literally like, "I can't talk right now. I'm busy." Click. Like I'm no, that doesn't not that does not make me feel comfortable. And even furthermore, he actually you know botches the case. Yeah, just overall, I mean it. Which it, I appreciate that twist. I think I don't know if we saw that coming. I didn't. Mm-hmm. but uh, that that twist reveal was just kind of followed by his mouth just hanging open. Yeah, like, I think he uh, it was another realization that he's not hot shit. You know, he's he is toxic. He is impulsive. He is arrogance. He he thinks he's the shit. He thinks he's in a in a position of power where he can do no wrong and he thinks he can get everything right. And then time and time again, it just seems to bite him in the ass. And you see his his anger is really quick anger that really takes control in, in different moments throughout this movie. And uh, it was hard to watch. And, it, it, and I think it just drives the point home that they're trying to convey that, like maybe police officers shouldn't be the ones handling some of these situations out there. It calls a lot. A lot of these situations are not black and white. They're incredibly gray and it requires a unique skill set that quite frankly, many police officers just don't seem to have, or at least this is what it's trying to convey potentially. So this is, is, is he a bad guy? I mean, or a bad cop. And I don't mean in the sense that, yeah, he murdered someone, but is he just bad at his job? Like the skills yeah. necessary to be that dispatch officer, which he's, he's not, shouldn't be a dispatch officer. 
So yeah, the fact that, that that the demotion is like, oh, you're doing poli- with police dispatch, which like to a police officer, sure, probably a shitty job because you you sign up to be a police officer because you want to be on the streets. But like, that's still a really important job. Yeah. And he's treating it like garbage. And the fact that the police force is like, because there's a demotion in the way he handles some of those phone calls. Like, can you imagine making a phone call to 911 and then Jake Gyllenhaal answers the phone and literally tells you to go fuck yourself? Yeah. Like, <laughs> that is like, is that even, does that happen? I have no idea. But can you imagine being in that situation? Right. No, I don't know. Now, I, I, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, the story behind this is this is a, a remake of a movie, I believe, from earlier. Right decade yes i think it's a swedish movie swedish, I, yeah. I think from like honestly i think three or four years ago not that long ago yeah so pretty recent um but that screenwriter heard this transcript this audio recording of a woman who was i think she was being kidnapped the same way or she was being assaulted by her husband in the house and she was like ordering a pizza mm. and the guy is just like ma'am say if, if he's there with you and he has a gun say pepperoni yeah we need some pepperoni and I think that's kind of like where he got that from. And that's an interesting story, I guess. But like, this is no, I don't know. It, I didn't even feel, I, all I've been reading is just watch the Swedish one instead. It's a, really? it's a lot more tense. It's a lot more suspenseful. This really just felt like one big joke. No, yeah. I, can... I really didn't take it seriously. I mean, I took it seriously at time, but again, all these extra voices and calls trying to alleviate the situation, which kind of just, yeah, just took the focus away from what was actually happening. And you can tell Nick uh, Pizzolatto and then Antoine Fuqua just tried to put a, uh, a, a more American modern twist to it. I feel like, which I don't blame them, but at the same time, I would have appreciated. It. I think I, I just I, I wanted it. I wanted an easy ninety-minute Netflix movie, just like watching Jake Gyllenhaal try to solve a crime, and it ends up being not that. I mean, it is kind of that, but I just, I just, and then I can't. I just didn't care for the, some of the decisions that I made. And you made all, you made a reference to like you would have wanted more off. You wanted more action. I honestly did not care for those hazy cuts to the uh, no. police cars. I, I would have rather. I don't know, just like aerial shots of cars going by. Like, give me something to look at other than Jake Gyllenhaal. Like, seriously, at that point, it's it's so close to his face. It's nothing but him. <laughs> There's another movie <laughs> with Halle Berry called The Call. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen that. I have not seen it. Very, very similar. She's on. She's a 911 operator trying, like, this girl gets kidnapped and she's in a trunk. Um, Halle Berry ends up telling her, like, kick out the taillight. Um, here's like, what's in your car, wave, wave your sock out the window. Um, like show us like that kind of stuff, spill paint out of the trunk so we can find you. Mm. That was a much better movie. And I highly recommend if anybody's been let down by this Jake Gyllenhaal mess to go check Halle Berry in that. Um, it's not a perfect, it's not a perfect movie, but I will say it's a, it's far more entertaining. A mess. I, I'd call this one a mess. I really do. It I, wouldn't go, I wouldn't go that far. I, I found no value to having the California wildfires be the backdrop. I think that was that was like an emotional pull. That emotional pull. The audience. It, it played some part in the plot. You oh, know, not being please. able to see the oh, license plate. The license yeah, plate yeah, yeah. Like, shut. Come on. Come on, man. 
Come I'm on. sure they're trying to do a, a you know a subtle thing for climate. They really try to tackle. I think that was like a a, a weak attempt at some conversation around climate change and how it impacts things oh, that you may not I, even think about. You know, like, you like so? police, like police work. <laughs> okay, I'll give you that one. But I, I, and even back to the the comment about cops. Like, if this movie is trying to say something, it has its its verbs and its nouns all wrong. I think I don't I don't know what I'm supposed to pull away from this. My, my I, don't, I think it was just Jake Gyllenhaal bought the rights to this movie. Netflix was producing shit on lockdown and this was the perfect opportunity for him. What was yeah, the budget and, for this? And good for him and good for him, honestly. And again, it was a quick project, 11 days. That's why Fuqua testing, uh, coming in close contact with some test positive was so significant because they only had 11 days to film this shoot and he had to quarantine 14 days. Right. So like, and because of all these voices, they got scheduled, they had, they had no time to, to postpone the shoot. They still needed to execute it in that short time frame. So th- there are some interesting backstories and conversations about it. And I think it's fine. Again, I wish it was better. And now I'm starting to wonder, like, if you look at Antoine Fuqua's resume, he's a big name, but like, I don't know, like, like, like you have Training Day. I've never seen the Equalizer. I, I, I hear the first one's entertaining. Oh, I think you'd like that. And then, like, I don't know what else. He's got some. He's got some clunkers in there. He has a clunker earlier this year called The Infinite with Mark Wahlberg that went straight to bear out plus it's supposed Dude. to be God awful. So I don't know. This was fine. This was fine. I, okay. I mean, I'm not crazy about it. I'm never going to watch it again, unfortunately. And I love Jake Gyllenhaal and I want an excuse to see Jake Gyllenhaal. And did you stuff. watch him in, Be- in Velvet Buzzsaw? Well, wow, did you to. watch him in Velvet Buzzsaw? I wanted to, but it's a scary movie. That's fun. That's, that's like the one where like artwork comes to life and kills Ooh. people, right? Yeah. No, I'm not doing that. I ain't doing that. Tony Clark's in that one. Your girl. My girl. Your woman. You're but, right. Um, but yeah, I think it was a movie trying to convey a point about, you know, police brutality, the position of power right. they have in society, and and their inability to 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 work in certain situations and and I think it's a defund the police movie honestly in a certain way I think they need more money so they can get better 911 dispatchers and not just the rejects from the force and I think that's that's not that's not a money thing I think that's just like a, a like a, a system issue <laughs> like they shouldn't just like demote people to that kind of work they should hire and train people and like held it to a more prestigious uh standard in the rankings you know or <laughs> Um, yeah, because yeah. this guy's a loser. His wife left him. Because, His I think friends because of on the, the force all turned their be, back think, on him. So I think according to the timeline, they they got separated because of what of his of him murdering a teenager. And, and what she say like six eight months ago is the timeline. So I he think was being months, a dispatcher for eight months after murdering that guy. Come on, Jillian Hall. Yeah, up until the trial, I think he was going to do it up until the trial, and then and then even then they had a story. They had a story for him to get off the trial free. And then it was Jake Gyllenhaal, like this redemptive arc saying, oh, I'm going to I'm going to plead guilty. Just tell the truth, man. Like, no, man, we had it all figured out. So, like, again, it's a whole they're conveying that they're all they got each other's back. It's a system, you know, and the and then the voiceover at the end, the news anchor saying this is the first like one of the only the second time someone has pled guilty or a police officer been convicted for an officer involved shooting. So, again, I think it's really hardcore you know, anti, anti-police, defund the police and, and, and just justice. 
anti-justice not anti-justice foreign justice foreign no justice. i believe it yeah i believe it um i'm anti the guilty that's what i am after this movie at this point i'm just really wondering um what you're we're gonna slice it out as like you, you, oh, you're gonna shit. say you're saying you're saying anti the guilty and i bet you're gonna be like oh five out of eight what no it's definitely you're pretty you're pretty you're pretty soft on your on your, you're, you're like a sweet cc's pizza you're just pretty soft on your on your slices you know like you gotta Mm-hmm. Is that what's called sweet CCs? CCs. Little CCs. I want it little Caesars. <laughs> little Caesars. Yeah. You're just you're just dangling. You're you're just yeah, I want let's see how firm you are. I want to see I want to see Michael get at it with this slicing. So, let's get into our pizza related questions then. It's so good. We have 3 of them before we get to the rating. Brian, I hope I don't let you down, but it might be pretty quick. Um, our first question, as always, is uh, best slice. This is the best scene of the movie for both of us. Um, Brian, I'm going to give you top pick because it's slim pickings and I don't want to answer any of these questions anyway. So <laughs> go ahead. Nice. Okay, so we're talking about best slice, right? Yeah. Um, so my best slice, you're right. It is slim pickings because there's not a whole lot of scenes, quote unquote, but for me, I guess it's the revelation that he kind of effed up, that this is not an abduction case. This is um, the, the partner, the boyfriend, I think it's a boyfriend or husband, I'm not sure, the partner taking his significant other, I'm just going to say wife, I don't, I don't remember if they're married, um, to the mental hospital, to the, to the psych ward where she has recently stayed and... I think that was an interesting twist. And again, adding a different kind of theme to it, right? The like mental health. Yeah. Um, but I think Jake Gyllenhaal's like reaction, that was pr- and just the realization that he's messed up. And then now he potentially inadvertently has another life on his hands and that she, and then it results in her potentially trying to kill herself and yada, yada, yada. I, I thought that was well done that twist was cool i did not see that coming and um but that led to some questions that i had as well as far as some of the plot devices and how they even got there but that's a whole other conversation i guess nice how about you (laughs) um (laughs) my my favorite slice is actually one that gets better once you know the twist when they're sitting there kind of early on i think he's already might have called this or this chick has already kind of called in um he turns to the dispatcher next to him and whatever they're talking about, he's just like, we should get a beer and go get a beer. Yeah. And the guy gives him like this really sorry looking look and is just like, yeah, we can get a beer. Then find out he's got trial in five hours after work and he's probably going to jail. Like everyone doesn't want to touch him. So this guy's like pitiful little glance means so much more. Um, that that was nice. I, I, I don't mind those little like early kind of hints. Something's going on weird. The problem is they gave us so much like weird little quirks to the story before they gave us any chunk of the meat. You know what I mean? So like that little hint with the guy next to him would have been enough if, if you know, that was maybe like right before it was like, hey, you ready for trial tomorrow? I don't know. I, maybe I don't I don't know. I think it was withholding too much information. Anyway, that was my best slice. I think it'll not that either of us are going to rewatch this movie, but I think it would play well on a rewatch. But you're right, you know, putting these little breadcrumbs down. And I think it would be interesting to see those crumbs on a second watching. But no, I think that's a good one. That's a good one. Manny, the guy, Manny, he was good. And then 
Yeah, he asked for he asked for a beer, and he's like, you know what? Yeah, I'll take you up on that <laughs> beer. And then Jake Gyllenhaal just, just blows him off almost immediately. Just absolutely used him for some information, right? Um, but but yeah, no, that's a good one. That's a good one. That's a good one. Sorry, Manny. Yeah, sorry, guy. Next question we've got um, favorite topping. This is that little thing that was added on top of the movie, the script. Um, this isn't pepperonis, although I know Brian's a sausage guy. Uh, <laughs> Brian, what was your favorite line of the movie? This is tough just because, I mean, there's really only, in my opinion, one profound line. And I think if you and I were to think on it or if you were to say, maybe you are going to say it. But other than that, it was all just like angry Jake, Jake Gyllenhaal or sad Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, I already mentioned it earlier, but the idea of just a police dispatcher just yelling <laughs> fuck you to the other person on the line, I think is pretty hysterical yeah. and upsetting. <laughs> so um, a, uh, I can't imagine a police dispatcher actually saying that. And if they did, I don't know. So, but that, that probably caught my attention the most was just, and then, which again, just goes along with the theme that Jake Gyllenhaal should not be answering phone calls right. in, this, uh, in this role. But I think that might be mine. Cause they're all recorded, right? So someone's, I don't yeah. know. Probably if he wasn't going to jail the next day, if, they might have took him off the dispatch desk and put him down in records. They can't possibly think. You're right. That's a good point. What if he ends up going with the story and he's somehow found innocent, not guilty, and then they go through these recordings? I'm assuming someone's role there is to go through these recordings potentially. I don't know. But or Manny's just like, yo, Jake Gyllenhaal's an effing loose cannon. You should listen to some of these phone calls. And then <laughs> and then um they're like, Yeah, you're way too volatile. You need anger management no way we're gonna let you have a gun on the streets of la yeah. like no way so i don't know there's yeah that's but that's where i'm at how about you oh man i don't, i think my favorite line might be there's snakes in his stomach that oh. when she kind of let that go i was like oh that was the first twist i'd say the first yeah. hard hard hint at like something's going on like was and at that moment I'm conflicted now too because like is she drugged? Did she kill the kid or like what's going on? Did he like that kind of stuff? Turns out she's just fucking crazy <laughs> and uh, tried to take the kid's intestines out. So that just that image, um, snakes in the kid's belly. You, yeah, kid ended no, up living anyway, which is like miraculous. What? And what? you because god i mean seriously how long i mean how long was that kid by himself you know with his organs con- hanging his, out so that's troubling i have a lot of questions just about that entirely um your your so your favorite topping leads into my best slice so i'm happy you mentioned that yeah. i forgot that 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 was kind of the beginning of the twist was when she said that there were snakes in the stomach and that's when you see jake gyllenhaal's head start to twist turn like what the yeah. hell is she talking about um and then, they, then they find previous records of her stays. And well, anyways, um, um, you're the husband. You're Henry. You're, Her- you're Henry. You know what she did to the boy. Just say something. Um, why not call? Why? So why didn't he call nine one one? You see yeah. your chi- you see your child dying, bleeding out. Your first reaction is to not do anything to this baby. Instead, to personally take your your um your wife to the hospital that's that's tough yeah kimberly pointed out that it's because he didn't trust the police based off his previous records but and you know he would be an immediate suspect in that right like it might be hard but like yeah i mean jake jodenhoff thought it was him 
Yeah, for sure. So he would be, and it's always, it's, it's, it's always the husband. It's always, it's, you know, it's always the guy, you know, and he has, yeah, and he has the record, but like, she's obviously, you know, insane, you know, yeah. like she's, she's not, she's not mentally capable fit to be doing these things. So I don't know. Despite that, I would like to think that you would call 911 in the situation, right? I mean, the kids didn't even call 911. I mean, what do you expect? I mean, it's a six year his sister was at like six years old. I don't know. I don't know. I I was taught not dial 911 pretty early. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Or was she told not to? I don't remember. Whatever. There's um, some crazy family drama going in there. Again, just a lot packed into this movie. Um Snoops. but cool. All right. <sighs> Um, sweet. So that's a good favorite topping. I'm happy you brought that one up. Um, the, the line that I was talking about was, I think the boss of the police dispatch at the very end of the movie, when like Jake Gyllenhaal finally cracks everything and everything's saved or done, she goes to him and it's like, sees him breaking down. And then she's like broken people save broken people. Um, I think that was supposed to be the profound moment of the movie, but it kind of just seemed out of left, out of left field, (laughs) you know? Um, but anyways, okay. Rough. What do we have left? How many more questions do we have in this bullshit movie? Wow. Um, <laughs> so we we have, I guess, technically two. This who who do you want to have a slice with, and then we got to slice it out. So who do you want to have a slice with out of this movie, Michael? Honestly, probably just Paul Dano. <laughs> do you even know who he was? No. <laughs> but oh. uh, but you told me he's in it. Uh, maybe it's just a phone call though. So I feel like I might just be. On a on a um, conference call with Paul Dano while we're both eating pizza, which one so, was he? Tell me. Yeah, so this is why it's interesting that you chose him <laughs> just ignorantly. Um, he is, he is the guy. He's the first phone caller of the movie. He's the one that's with the prostitute and had his stuff robbed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that is that is Paul Dano. Oh, okay, then I'll definitely be calling him up. Yep. Yep. <laughs> okay that nice. was a highlight man see the rest of the movie totally shadowed that kind of funny moment i wouldn't mind if it was an hour and a half of just like jake jake gyllenhaal doing like random crank yankers phone calls for it. instead of like trying to save the day it's just random people trying to fuck his last day on the job up yeah no all day now all right yeah hookers yep. who are you uh calling ruby <laughs> I, I think mine might be rick his partner i think Who's he? is that bill burr no, that is Eli Gorey. He played Muhammad Ali in um, One Night in Miami. But nice. I want to do Rick just because he's part of the troubled system in that he was going to back up Jake Gyllenhaal in court and like and like lie on his testimony to, to make sure he gets back on the case. Yeah. But if you look past that, incredibly loyal dude. I mean, he goes to the guy's house – breaks in the door he's going sifting through mail just because his buddy his partner his pal um his buddy that's from that's from captain america um that's um uh it, it asked asked him to you know so i think that's interesting i would love to sit down have a conversation with him over some pizza and just talk about like yo why do you have this sense of loyalty is it just like you as a person is it the occupation et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. i think it'd be an interesting conversation nice figure out you're yeah. a problem solver me yeah cool appreciate it no problem okay are you gonna Um, have pizza with him in person no i wanna i wanna what's 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 the what's the thing where you hear the noises and it's soothing a cell phone or no it's if i him like if he was just asmr 
Yes. I want to hear, I want to hear him just chewing on pizza for an hour or crying into the phone, which is what most or, of his lines were. No, no. I wanted to be in person. <laughs> I wanted to be in person. No, that was Jake. That I was Jake, you, Jake. I love you. That was Jake. That was Jake Gyllenhaal towards the end, man. Again, he did just, that one where like, he was like really serious. Then he squinted up like you'll never see your kid again. And that's, and that's where it lost me. I wanted a little bit more subtleness. And then it I cut think, out think, and there's still vomit in the toilet. I just want, yeah, <laughs> it was, it, it got a bit over the top for me a little bit, a little bit much towards it. I, I love Jake Gyllenhaal. I'm going to continue to support him, but this just seemed like a, uh, maybe a little bit of a vanity project where it's just, you know, obviously it's a one man show and he's able to show off his, his guns a little bit, but because there were even parts in the movie speaking of guns where he's like has his arm on his head nice and he's like uh, he's like obvious he's gotta be flexing or mm-hmm. something you know so like i thought that was kind of tight shot and he and he looks good he's obviously fit i'm assuming it's for a future role he's doing because you don't need to be fit for this role potential for this fit but <sighs> anyways I think just a hardcore vanity project for him. Yeah. You know what? Good for him. He got he got paid, got that Netflix money, and on to the next one. On to the next one. All right. Speaking on to the next one, let's slice this movie out. Michael, it's showtime. What are you saying? I've deliberated this. I've calculated um, the amount of time that I enjoyed watching the movie. Oh boy. Versus how much time I would have rather be watching something else. So averaging that out with like a nice regressive model, um, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to some, this is some PhD shit, man. You're, you've been, uh, been working on your homework too much this week. No, I don't do stats. I'm giving this a two <laughs> slices out of eight. Okay. It is okay. very low. Um, there's other cop movies I would have rather seen. I think there's better Jake Gyllenhaal investigative movies. Um, hmm. True. Uh, there's probably better Paul Dano cameos as well. So I'm going to have yeah. to do a hard pass on this. Like you said, pat him on the back being like, hey, I hope you enjoyed those 11 days running up that ladder back and forth. Um, don't do it again and come back to us when you're ready to, I don't know, win an Oscar or something. That's what I'm really waiting for. I just want I want him to get that Academy Award. And I think that'll open him up a little bit. I think once he gets that that trophy, I think hopefully he'll start doing some things. Mm-hmm. Although his next movie is a Michael Bay film, so he's not going to happen in that movie. And then, and then he's got a Ross and Marshall Thurber movie. So it's an, it's an action movie. Action. He's busy. He's got a lot of stuff coming up. He's just ready Ooh, to make money. He is going to be in Dennis uh, Villeneuve's next movie. That could be potential. Dune two. It's a crime dra- that is a crime drama. A son questions his father's suicide and seeks out those who killed him. Whoa. Okay. Oh, and then he's going to be in um, Barry Levinson's next movie, Francis and the Godfather. A young director, Francis Ford Coppola, faces off against producer Robert Evans during the production of The Godfather. That, I think, is going to be... Is he playing Coppola? Oscar Isaac is playing Coppola, man. Then he's going to get the Oscar. Isaac is playing Coppola. Jake Gyllenhaal is playing Robert Evans. I am here. That is going to be an Oscar movie for sure. Okay. All right. So Anyways. so we're rating Jake Gyllenhaal eight out of eight slices. That man is a whole ass pie. Brian, <laughs> this project, tell us how you feel. I'm waiting. I want to see how much, how close you are. Yeah. I'm going to give it a gentleman's four, <laughs> I think. Um, gentleman's four. Okay. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't love it. Didn't hate it. Again, I wish it was something a little different. And I think it's also suffering just from the high expectations that I had for it. I was really looking forward to just having a night in watching this movie. And, and I don't regret watching it. 
but I'm not excited to like watch it again. I recommended this movie to people at work and I'm going to come back to work tomorrow and be like, Hey, if you watched it, I'm sorry. And if you didn't, then like maybe don't. Um, or if you do just temper yourself a little bit, but, um, at the end of the day, it's Jake Gyllenhaal doing Jake Gyllenhaal ish, uh, thing like on 12. So like it's, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. It was a Netflix movie. Like I would not have been happy going to the theater and watch this movie, but like, you know, 90 minutes on a Friday night watching this movie with my wife, like not the worst thing in the world, you know? So yeah. yeah so four out of eight. All right. So sorry. We led our listeners astray. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that. It's Critique. all uphill from here, man. It's, we we outlined the rest of the year. I think it's all up here. Hopefully unless you know? no time to die is just Daniel Craig making fart noises for two hours. I think it's, it it's got to be better than that. It is literally close to twice as long as this movie. Have you heard the runtime for No Time to Die? No, but don't tell me because I just am going to be upset. Okay, I won't tell you that. Is it three just, hours uh, long? A little under, 245. Look, yeah, whatever. Whatever. Okay, Daniel Craig, Hollywood legend. Let him have it. He wore pink to the red carpet the other day, I think. Where was that? Do you see what Pierce Morgan had to say about that? Do you see? Do we care what Pierce Morgan, Pierce Morgan has to say about that? We don't. He's just it just solidifies how much of an idiot douchebag he is. <laughs> Anyways, do you want to go into our last slice? Yeah, let's do that. What do you got for us, Brian? Last slice. What's on your mind, dude? Last slice. Uh, I don't know. I don't think you watch it. No, you don't. I know you don't. Ted Lasso, man. Wow. Season two is ending on a high point, man. It, the penultimate episode just aired this past Friday and it leaves a lot on the table for the last episode of the season happening next, this upcoming Friday. And I'm assuming what will be a pretty bonkers season three, whenever that comes out, people were really trashing this show because it wasn't as positive and uplifting as season one, that season two, a little bit darker, a lot more character reveals, but it's good. It's just a change of pace. You know, like you have this unconditional positivity in season one and people were expecting the same, but no, it's taken a different turn and it's still great television. And then it's ending so high. I cannot recommend uh, season two enough. Jake Sudeik, J- uh, Jake, Jason Sudeikis won the Emmy just recently for Ted Lasso for comedy. There are some po- moments in season two where his dramatic chops are showing off and he is amazing. So good. Highly recommend Ted Lasso for all of the feels. Um, so yeah, that's my last slice. Nice. Ted's been featured on our last slices for a couple of times. Has it really? Yeah. I mean, and I can't believe they've got so many seasons out. They're just really busting these things out there. I know two, it came out during the pandemic, literally two seasons, you know, so they originally said it's going to be a three season arc, you know, Mm -hmm. a a middle, a beginning, middle and end in the interview that Jason Sudeikis said, but it's so effing popular. I'm really wondering if they're going to try to grow it out a little bit. A part of me is like, wow, I appreciate it and love it. Like, yo, if your plan was a three seasons and stick to that, you obviously know what you're trying to accomplish here. And if you only need three seasons to do it, do it. Don't drag it out for the sake of it. We've seen what that ha- what that does to other shows in the past. So I'd rather end it high than drag out and end low. Okay. All right. Ted That's Lasso, Jason Sudeikis. And the mustache. Oh, he's How still got you, that. Do you think he'll shave it off for the last one? Absolutely not. No. Iconic. It's iconic. iconic. It's iconic. Uh, all right. How about you? Um, my last slow... Last slice. <laughs> My last slice <laughs> is simple. Happy October. It's spooky season. The best holiday is about to come up. Halloween. Just want everyone to know it's out there. It's in the air. 
welcome to the season that I just live in perpetually. This oh my gosh. I've already got my Halloween costume because I wasn't able to wear one last year. So I have my yellow jumpsuit from Kill Bill. I've got that one ready to be out on the prowl. There's a lot of horror movies coming out. You know, you already mentioned Halloween Kills. Uh, the Child's Play television show is coming. Amazon's got an I Know What You Did Last Summer uh, TV show that's coming out as well. And there's just so much coming down the pipeline. And I'm super pumped still for Sam Raimi and Multiverse of Madness next spring. Um, so just I'm building up all of my energy to store it before the next big horror movie comes out. Um, so if you catch me around town not wearing Halloween items for the next month, no, you didn't. Good. I'm happy. I'm happy. One of us is excited for this time of year. Uh, you're uh, you're probably going to watch like Hocus Pocus and Halloween Town and have nightmares. And I like feel sorry for you because that's uh, you're just missing a very integral part of the autumn. Uh, first of all, I can't. I've seen Hocus Pocus, Halloween Town. God, I don't even know if I've ever seen that. No, Michael, we've established this. My Halloween movie is Hubie Halloween. I'm going to, I have to rewatch Hubie Halloween. I watched that a couple weeks ago. Yeah, you did. You <laughs> I know what? I bet, I bet, I bet you loved it too. I really did. Oh man. Yep. What a sleeper. What uh, just a great holiday movie. Yeah. You have fun watching your Halloween kills. I'm going to watch my Hubie Halloween and that cannot better illustrate just the differences in our movie tastes. What are you going to be for Halloween this year? Kimberly and I were just talking about it. There's a, I don't one, I don't know. Uh, part of me wants to be Loki and Lady Loki. <laughs> um, uh, another part of me wants to be Aaron Rodgers. The day he showed up to the first day of training camp, he's wearing like an office t-shirt, some like really colorful shades and like a headband and a backpack. Okay. I think I can pull that off really easily. But um, I don't know. How about you? You, you said you Kill have Bill. the hair for Loki. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Are you going to cut your hair? No, oh. no. You got really concerned there. Do you like my hair, Michael? I think you like your hair. Wow. And if you so were going to, that's a no, that's a no. Well, it's not about me, man. You look in the mirror every day more than I look at you. I know, but I'm asking You're for my an phone opinion. background. I'm at, <laughs> I am asking for an opinion from my friend. That's all. Not on the pod. I'm not going to tell you the truth on the pod. So that's a no. <laughs> Anyways. All right, cool. So that is the guilty starring Jake Hall. It's on Netflix. Check it out. Or don't. Don't, don't do it. It's on, it's on Netflix. We'll be back next week. I imagine talking No Time to Die, some Bond talk, and maybe some Bond speculation, and maybe who we want to see fill the shoes. But um, until then, that has been our slice on film. What's going on? Oh my God. Really, PD, we need medical immediately. What's going on? Is your seatbelt on? No. Is Henry? Come on. No. What year's on? Now listen. I need you to pull the handbrake hard. Pull it.